Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Rockin' baby! Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you for another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise. Right now, we're going for all of the recording films. Nope. That's right, isn't it? Wreck. Wreck. Wreck it. Well, Wreck is a, I mean, that's a shortening of recording, surely, isn't it? Does anyone call them recording? The recording films. <laughs> that's how we're calling them. <laughs> Pretty sure that's canon. Last week we did number four, The Apocalypse, The End of the Spanish you know, original versions, and now we're heading into the remakes. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the recording films is Alexander Chard. <laughs> Hello. Still getting over the last film we watched. <laughs> it's Alison Holland. Hello. It was disappointing, right? So when we started the series, we were a little bit organic because normally we would do the remakes in the correct year that it came out. But normally remakes come out way after a franchise, well, with the types of ones that we've been doing. But with this, it didn't. This would have been Wreck Quarantine, Wreck 2, Quarantine 2, I think that's right, isn't it? And then Wreck mm. 3 and Wreck 4, which arguably might have given us a more interesting finale. <laughs> we'll see next week when we get to Terminal. But we were so into it. We were just like, no, we want to see through this Spanish version. So we kind of, we'd shifted stuff around and changed it. So we're only getting to this remake now. I think it's the right thing to do because as I watched this movie, I was like, if we had watched those, you know, one week after the other, you know, they're obviously alarmingly similar. And I yeah. feel... Having that little bit of a breather and a little bit of perspective was necessary for me. I would agree. Mm, good. Yeah. Well, that's what we did. And it was sort of interesting to see, I think, I was going to say the realization of the two Spanish guys idea, but I mean, they were making it up on the fly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but at least it was still interesting to see, I guess, that kind of, that journey. Yeah. Not Spanish. have your mood disturbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this one maybe is less intrusive, but Terminal, I feel, could well have, yeah mixed up our brain with stuff. At least now we can separate the two sort of different versions of it. But if you're new to us, hello, welcome. Please head on over to, if for some reason, everything else we've covered didn't interest you, be like, hmm, quarantine. <laughs> That's the jumping in point. Someone's <laughs> finally I... covering my favorite <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> and you should probably do other things with your life. But hi, please head to weirdgeeks.com. You can patch out to all our social medias. You can listen to all of our previous shows, of which we've done about 13 horror franchises, a Danny Boyle one and an ongoing Star Wars one. Technically an ongoing Danny Boyle one, if he makes more films, which presumably he will. Is he still doing that new James Bond? Who knows? I don't know. It? Maybe he's off that now. Nobody. Not even Danny Boyle knows. And if you can please go to iTunes, type in We Are Geeks. Thank you for saying it so slowly. Well, I'm giving them the time. This is literally how long it take you to do it. Oh, there we are. We popped up. It's that second one next to the two girls on the left who are looking all happy and doing geek- other geeky stuff with the slightly <laughs> less cooler ones. Just says geeks. Might be confusing. Don't worry. You hit it. And there we are. You hit the subscribe and you hit the little rating thing and you help us out because we do no patrons. We do no banner ads. We're not going to sell you. What aren't we going to sell you, Alex? Sandals. No. <laughs> or what do you call them? Uh, you call them in G-strings, don't you? Or g thongs. We call them th- thongs. We call them, we call them thongs. thongs. There you go. <laughs> I wish we called them G-strings. <laughs> I like G-flops, which is what came out of my mouth. <laughs> 
Oh, Australia. Land <laughs> of the props. Chuck on your G-flops um, <laughs> now. That's a good one. We're not going to sell you any G-flops. So, the only way you can support us is by subscribing and rating us. It takes you 30 seconds and it means the world to us. But actually, also, you can support us by buying our products. But we'll tell you about that at the end of the podcast. And we have maybe some news to do with that. I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? What is going on then? Yeah, before we get into anything, we like to look at the landscape of the year in general film. Hello. And the year of horror. So, uh, no, who is it? Alex, I believe you have the top 10 worldwide grossing films of 2008 is the year we're looking at. Yeah. Just three I'm going to mention outside of the top 10. The Incredible Hulk came out that year. Oh, Alex's favorite MCU. (laughs) My favorite MCU. (laughs) I haven't revisited this in a long time, but boy, is it a good one. (laughs) <laughs> you know what i did revisit it last year and you're not look it's way better than everyone gives it credit for it goes to shit at the end or what mm. comic book film doesn't normally yeah. some others outside of the top 10 that year slumdog millionaire throw back to danny we've Boyle. covered that reviewed twilight came in at 13 i thought it was much not higher. reviewed yeah that's low for twilight that's crazy yeah but i guess that picked up steam as it sort of went along it kind of built mm. okay so our top 10 coming in at number 10 was the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. Oh, these were a disappointment, weren't they? They were all right, yeah, but they, yeah. could, they should have been great. I've still never seen they any weren't. Narnia films, unless you count that Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a Narnia film with that forest. We do. We do count Texas Chainsaw Massacre part, I think that was three. As then I have Narnia seen film. one. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Uh, coming in at number nine, Wally. Nine. Ooh. Yeah, nine. That's alarmingly low for Pixar. Yep, uh, I thought All that right. would have been much must higher. Have been, well. It must have been a stellar year. I'm expecting eight. Just so classic I will just movies. give you guys a little teaser. The one that takes first spot as far as worldwide gross is miles ahead of everything else. Okay, 2008. All right, even two. So coming in at eight, Iron Man. Okay, I'm in one. The beginning yeah, of the MCU. I, I did not realize there were two MCU films out that year. Oh, a little, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, they were. Incredible Hulk and I, I think Iron Man technically was just before Incredible Hulk and then Incredible Hulk came out. Right. I think that way around. Right. Not quite as good as everyone says it is, I don't think, Iron Man. But, yeah. It's pretty exciting at the time. That's for sure. That is for sure. <laughs> I come here number seven. <laughs> Quantum of Solace. Bond. Oh, I think underappreciated. I like Quantum of Solace. Is this the... Oh, no. It was Casino Royale was the first Daniel Craig one. Yeah, this is the one after that. And then because of Casino Royale was so good, everyone was like, oh, Quantum of Solace was crap. I think the story in Casino Royale is way better than Quantum mm-hmm. of Solace. But I actually prefer the filmmaking in Quantum of Solace. You go back to Casino Royale and it's pretty 90s. Ooh, bit of 90s vibes, eh? Coming in at six, Madagascar. Escape to Africa. <laughs> Too many of these movies. Yep, I think I didn't even... three too many. <laughs> three too Coming many. in at number five, I think this is one of Ali's favorite films, Mamma oh, Mia. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> is that with an exclamation mark? That's with an exclamation Sorry. Is it? Okay. Mamma Mia! <laughs> there, there you go. go. <laughs> oh, it's like punctuation. I in know my, that one. <laughs> Coming in at number semicolons. four is Hancock. Is that the Will oh, Smith? Fuck, yeah. Superhero. Will Smith superhero movie, but not superhero because it's not based on a comic. But yeah. Yeah. That was all right. He's like a jaded superhero, right? Yeah. He's like all drunk and washed up. To be fair, that was before, yeah, the MCU had really kicked off and before we had that, you know, a a huge... I mean, comic book movies were doing well, but before we had the surge that we had of them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think that Hancock would do as well right now, as Glass is probably about to prove next week, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Ah. I don't like the posters for Glass around L.A. 
You don't like to post them? They're what very the, weird. Are they the three faces with the glass fractured? Or There's mm-hmm. some of those. And then there's also, they have like individual ones. And one just like, he looks like the Grim Reaper. And I just don't understand. With, he's which, got like the does? full black hood. Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis? No, the weak guy who breaks <laughs> glass. Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Okay. It's like okay. by a bus stop by my apartment. And he's just all hooded and like skeletal Well, he's going to be looking. the evil master man. So, it's very yeah. weird. Master man, mastermind. I mean. M. Night Shyamalan. I know. I'm very disappointed. Well, anyway, we don't have time. But I'm very disappointed <laughs> about the reviews that are coming out for that film. I had such high hopes. Well, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Could be the beginning of the end for M. Night. <laughs> for Shyamalan Ding Dong. <laughs> so, uh, top three. Coming in at number three is Kung Fu Panda. Making so that's the third CGI movie in our top ten so far. Mm, that's making that's made that made a cool six hundred and thirty million. Oh, that's a good that's a good haul. Coming in at number two, it's funny because I've been revisiting these films in the last couple of days. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Have mm. you really? Have you got to this one yet? No, I watched Temple of Doom last night, and that's a silly movie. <laughs> it's a oh, really, it's really silly, isn't it? I used to love it as a kid, and yeah. <laughs> just like watching it last night, I can understand why I loved it as a kid, but boy, jumping from, I mean, this is a whole conversation itself, but jumping from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark to that yep. is just jarring. Very, very jarring. I rewatched Raiders a couple of years ago with Justin at one of the outside things in, in LA, and I was surprised mm-hmm. by how kind of lethargic it is. It's actually very old-fashioned, Raiders. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I went and watched Temple of Doom afterwards, and yeah, it's just fucking nuts. It's just absolutely crazy. It's kind of like Back to the Future 2 is the Back to the Future. It's just yeah. so ridiculous. Super ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but this film, I hadn't seen it, and I was watching it when uh, Bethany and I were visiting, visiting my mom, and- my mom didn't want to watch it. Bethany had seen it and refused to watch it and then <laughs> refused to let me see it all the way through. Sounds like Bethany. <laughs> you didn't get to the ending? No, I didn't get to the ending. Oh, man, you have treats. I, I mean, actually think that film's all right until the ending and then it's just ghastly. But- really? I mean, is your fav- my favorite bit that I did see was probably Shia LaBeouf swinging through the trees with the monkeys. Oh, yeah. Well, I would, I would say that's the ending. <laughs> like, you're getting into that last act. That's... That's when I can feel George Lucas's hand taken over from Spielberg. But I mean, unfairly. I feel like George Lucas's greasy paws are all over Temple of Doom. Because there's lots yes. of like little gags that are used in Star Wars all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, completely. No, I feel it's very obvious when Lucas is in them. But yeah. if Craig is listening, he'll be very upset with us right now. Maybe <laughs> it's the good bits. We don't know. <laughs> okay. I'd, so that, that pulled in 786 million worldwide. Huge. Well done. Huge. Well done. But eclipsing everything in its path at number one, bringing in just over a billion dollars was Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. There you go. Still arguably the greatest comic book movie ever made. What a wonderful film. What a wonderful film. It is great. I still think it's a terrible Batman movie, but it's a fantastic movie. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you very much, Alex. That was illuminating. Alison. Yeah. Can you please say some words that have horror themes? (laughs) <laughs> I will. Specifically <laughs> from 2008. At Excellent. the start of the list is 100 feet. Oh, that's Fanke Jamson. Uh, how do you say her name? Fanke Jamson, so you say her? Yeah, that's Old Phoenix good. girl. Yeah. yeah, this is pretty good. She's like trapped in her house with, uh, with one of those, what they call foot monitor things on. She's not allowed out of her house or whatever. And then the house is haunted, I think it is, by something from her past. I can't remember. Mm. I remember it was pretty good. 
Wait, she has a thermometer on? No, one of those monitors. You mean she's on like like, like a house arrest type of thing? Yeah, house arrest. (laughs) I think so. She has a thermometer on her ankle. She's got a thermometer. She has to keep it when you can't move. It's like it's cold crank. outside. She gets above a certain yeah. temperature. <laughs> <laughs> we should okay. make that movie. <laughs> Anaconda 3 Offspring also came out this year. There you go. Featuring Nicki Minaj, yeah. maybe. Featuring Nicki... Why? Did she she has a song Anaconda? called Anaconda. Mm-hmm. And she has offspring? I don't know. Maybe. Mm, no, nobody knows. does. Some people know. <laughs> Not even her children. <laughs> the Burrowers. I like this film. Oh, I used to. I haven't been back to it in a long time. It's a slow burn uh, Western horror, and I don't like Westerns. But it's got some really creepy imagery in it. It's very indie, but very it's very mature. Um, it's probably a piece of shit if I go back to it now, but I remember really <laughs> liking it at the time. I used to watch it quite a few times. Next on the list is Cloverfield. Yes. Don't they know, Alex? As Alex has warned New York in a drunken haze. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they know? <laughs> Fucking Cloverfield. I have great video footage. <laughs> we should in the, put it in, up in the back of, in the back of a cab. I was warning the cab. <laughs> Alex just screaming out of his taxi, warning everybody. Cloverfield is coming. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Please send that in our group text. <laughs> now, and he's not wrong because then Cloverfield Paradox came and it and yeah. Punishment was served. <laughs> yep, it was. <laughs> All right. Cold Prey Love 2. That film. Cold Prey or Cold Prey 2 uh, is, is fantastic. Yeah, Cold, uh, Cloverfield's fantastic. And Cold Prey 2 is fantastic as well. There you go. These are, yeah, Norwegian Slashes. Uh, first one was directed by Ro Uthaug, who went on to do The Wave and then went on to do Tomb Raider. But this is, yeah, it's a really good slasher film. The first one in these I might actually be talking about in a few weeks on a different show that I'm guesting on. So you'll get to hear my opinions on it there. Some would say that Coldplay is the UK's biggest band. Yeah, indeed. In all, in all honesty, I used to get really confused with that when it first came out. I thought it was called Coldplay. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we have Creep. I think this is, there's a few Creeps, but I think this is the one set in the subways in London with Franco Potente. It's pretty good. It's pretty nasty. Sorry. It's a good little midnight movie. Dance of the Dead. This is a good midnight fun movie. Pretty cheap, but a lot of soul, a lot of charm. It's kind of like an 80s, before 80s movies were cool again. Sort of 80s, yeah, zombie kind of comedy. It's good. Well, following that, we have Day of the Dead. We will be covering this very soon, myself, Haruka, and Christina, because sooner than you might like, we will be heading back into the Romero's Living Dead films, only we'll be dealing with the remakes now and not the originals, and this is one of them. All right. Uh, Dead Girl. Oh, if Katie was on this podcast, she'd be happy because she's a big fan of Dead Girl. Actually, I believe, was it directed, I think, by... A Dead Girl? I might be completely misspeaking here, but I think it was directed or produced or something by Christina, our dear friend's ex-husband. Something like that. Something like that. She has some ties to it with her her past. (laughs) Interesting. Maybe she doesn't want me to talk about. Well, well. now (laughs) on the podcast. she doesn't listen to our podcast. If she listens, she'll find out. (laughs) Yeah. Next up is Eden Lake. This is a film about an English film about little kids being fuckers. There you go. Let's continue. Sounds like real life. English kids what? Being fuckers. It's an English film about little kids being fuckers. Yeah. Right. There was a period of time where there was a lot of films just about, you know, beware of youth culture because they'll fucking burn you. And right. literally, they do in this. Pretty nasty. <laughs> Spoiler. 
Next up, we have the I remake. Yeah, it's Jessica Alba, I think, and the I remake. We talked about. This oh, is that where they though. like replace her eyes and she sees whatever the person? Yeah, sees saying. dead people. Yeah. It's a remake <laughs> of the really good Thai films, which I always say are my favorite Thai films, but they're not directed by Thai directors. They play directed by Hong Kong directors. Mm. The I and the I two are fantastic, but this remake is not. Okay. As may be a theme we're going to be encountering, but we'll see. <laughs> TBD. Uh, Feast 2, Sloppy Seconds. Oh, I love the title. <laughs> it's a really good name. <laughs> the first Feast film was Project Greenlight. It was a movie made out of that show, that TV show. And it was actually pretty good fun. Two and three were really bad, even though it's, pretty, it's all the same team, which I don't really understand. But there you go. All right. Next great up. Great titles. Yeah. yeah, that's a great title. Uh, the Happening. Ah, what might it be, Alex? <laughs> I don't know. He's got his thinking <laughs> face on. <laughs> it might be the beginning of the end. Ah. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong is what it might be. The Clearly it was. <laughs> yeah, no, this definitely was the beginning of the end. <laughs> I think we found it. We finally found the moment. After that, we have Let the Right One In. Excellent film. I mean, everybody loves Let the Right One In. There's nothing else to say about it. All right. Martyrs. Everyone loves it. Really not. The only film that upset me so much, I never wanted to watch it again. <laughs> wow. Genuinely upsetting. It's Tom, uh, our different Tom, or my different Tom, who's bassist in my band. It's one of his favorite films ever made. Is that what ruined uh, So we'd argue friendship? about it a lot. Wait, it, it upset you because it was so bad? No, no. I, well, I do actually have some problems with the film. And I have problems. It's been a long time since I saw it now. I have problems with how the characters act in it. Uh, not acting, right. but like what they do, their actions, which he liked their actions. And I really felt frustrated by them but it also goes to very horrible places at the end that are just not stuff i like there's some nasty um, medical stuff in there that i don't enjoy okay nope <laughs> noted uh next up is pontypool this is an excellent canadian film where there's a sort of zombie apocalypse but the whole thing's told from a radio station in a huge snowstorm and they discovered that the virus is spread through sound so it's all spread through Ooh. the airwaves uh. um and it's very cool very nice I like it sexy these next two are interesting we have pulse 2 afterlife which is a remake and pulse 3 invasion also a remake these are two remakes yeah of uh japanese films called pulse called kairo i think in japan again the original was excellent the remakes not so much so these are both the same team doing these remakes that came out the same year? Yeah, well, there was a point in time where horror films would just have, let's just shoot two films back to back. That's okay. just what you did. It saved you a lot so of like money. like if they came off of the same point. Yeah, maybe. and you even did it not even with the same series. Like different horror series would be owned by, say, Dimension, and they would shoot Hellraiser while shooting Children of the Corn, and you'd use the same locations and some of the same crew and some of the same actors even, mm. just to save contracts and time and all that stuff. All right. Next up is... What we're going to be talking about, quarantine. There it is. There it is. And also not on this list. Didn't they? Oh, no, it came out 2007. Wreck. Never mind. After quarantine, we have The Ruins. Sure. And then another series that Al is very excited about, Saw 5. I oh, will yeah. not be reviewing any of the Saw films <laughs> on the Weird Geeks Horror Show. After Saw is Splinter. I really like this film. This is a couple of people and they're hiding this little gas station in the middle of sort of nowhere America when these weird parasites, it's a really cool effect. It kind of like possesses your body and these weird black splinters burst out of your skin. And it's- Ooh, I think um, I've seen this. It's a cool little sort of midnight B movie, but done actually to good pedigree. Like it shot well. I like the lead <laughs> girl a lot. She was good. 
Uh, we're on to our final two. So second to last is The Strangers. Yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah. Good. <laughs> one of the best home invasion films ever made. That one is very, very unsettling. <laughs> it is. Did you see the good sequel? For 100% of the I time. I did good. see the sequel. Very good. No. It's all right. It's not terrible. It took me like four watches to get through it, but not because <laughs> it was bad. I just kept tuning out for some reason. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, last on the list, we have Train. I only want to mention Train because I'm going to be talking about Train in a couple of weeks' time when we get into our next series. Um, so there it is. Highlight for some reason. Uh, no, we're not covering Train, just to be clear, but I will be mentioning it. Thank you, Ali, mm-hmm. very much. I appreciate you guiding us, uh, chaperoning us through those horror related words you got it as i just said now a little tease i'm in a weird place right now guys because i've been dealing with quarantine and i've been dealing with our next series because we're a couple of weeks out from the next series so you know i'm prepping for stuff looking into trivia and stuff and my brain is heavily seated in what i'm doing next as well as this and i was starting to get muddled because the little tease i'm going to say for what we're doing next is it does have something to do with remakes um, but i'm not going to say what yet and yeah, it really messed my brain up a little bit when I was looking at quarantine because, again, we're dealing, obviously, with a remake. And it's been startling to me how many American remakes just want to basically replicate, particularly from this era, you know? They're just like, hey, that film has potential or was doing well abroad or whatever. We need it to be in English because Americans can't read subtitles. So I guess that's the first thing we should <laughs> tackle, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, again, I've stated it before. I'm going to state it again now. I don't mind remakes. I have no problem with remakes. I actually enjoy remakes. I see it like a band covering a song. I, I think that's a lot of fun. But I think it's only fun if you're bringing your own thing to it. Yep. And you have your own perspective and sort of vision to do something different with it. Yeah. How, how do you guys feel? I completely agree. That's sort of the angle I was going to take as well is that I think English speaking audiences, certainly in the US, should take the time to see more foreign films and they should be pushed more in the US. But at the same time, yeah, I don't have a problem with remakes for those those same reasons in that like if a director brings their own kind of flavor or makes choices that, that differentiate the two films and make it feel like a unique film in itself... Even if it's the same storyline, I, I I can appreciate and value that. Yep, I agree completely. I figure, I mean, we'll get into it more once we finish going through the whole film. But if nope. you, no, we won't. Now's your chance. Yeah, this is it. yeah, if you have something new to say or you have a new way of shooting or a new idea that you want to splice into an existing s- story, then go for it. But this, spoilers, is exactly <laughs> the same as Wreck. Like down to our main character's name, which is an interesting decision. So it, it feels mm-hmm. kind of silly to, if you think you can do it better, then change it. And But it's it's so close to the original that it it's confusing, <laughs> if that makes sense. And that, yeah. that concludes today's episode. Anyway, go listen to Rec 1. You will hear our thoughts. I mean, yeah, in a way. But yeah, so 2008, I saw this in the cinemas when it came out. Like I said, I was a huge fan of Wreck at the time. And I was open to remakes. The trailer I'd seen, so I knew that this was going to be alarmingly similar because many of the shots in the trailer were not only alarmingly similar, but they show the ending of the film in the trailer for Quarantine. To be fair, internationally at least, they might have done that as well with Wreck. I'm trying to remember. But I was sort of on guard. My memory of this was, and I've only seen this once back in 2008, so 10 years ago. My memory was... Ah, that wasn't that bad. It was pointless, but why, you know, but not not that bad. Yeah. So I came into it very open to feel, you know, pushed either way differently. Neither of you guys have seen this before though, right? No. No, but 
having <laughs> sort of spoken to you and knowing its similarities and then obviously seeing the film poster and the image of Angela, on our American Angela, under the bed and it looking exactly the same. There was a part of me going into it where I was like, I wonder if I could just not take any notes on this film and just reread all my notes <laughs> from Wreck. Mm -hmm. But then I was also like, I need to try and watch this with the thinking thinking that I'm seeing this for the first time, having not seen the Wreck yeah. films. If I was like a, p a person here in the States and this was the f my first introduction to this franchise. Um, and that was challenging. I found it very yeah. challenging because- because having watched Rec and really enjoyed it, it was it was very very hard not to constantly compare. I imagine many Americans did see this first and didn't see Rec. Mm -hmm. Which if I was trying oh, to think absolutely. about that after, of like if it's not again, maybe we're giving spoilers to all of our feelings at the end of this, but it's not a bad movie. And so if I like if someone had come in to watch this one with me, having not seen any of the other ones, I imagine they would probably have enjoyed it if they enjoy found footage films or horror films. But it's, yeah, Alex, I agree with you. It's hard to separate the two just because most of my notes are commenting on things being either the exact same or something slightly different that they decided to do. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see whether it's a bad movie or not. But I think we can all agree that narratively speaking, there are a couple of beats and that's about it. Everything else mm -hmm. is exactly the same. Yeah. So, yeah, when I was, I mean, for me, especially, yeah, when I was writing out the structure of everything here, it, there was a point where I was like, should I even bother? <laughs> because, and then something would happen. And I was like, oh, okay, that was a little bit different. So I did have to, sadly. Uh, otherwise, it would be nice to watch a film and go, oh, I don't need to write anything. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned presumably more people saw this. Yeah, absolutely. This was budgeted at $12 million, which if you compare it to the original wreck was $2 million. <laughs> so they did the typical American thing of like, let's just exponentially throw more money at this. Mm -hmm. And it grossed $41.5 million, which I believe the original wreck was like 35 or something like that. So, yeah, it grossed more money um, than wreck. However, costs a lot more money yeah. to make, which I never really understand why they do that, particularly with found footage. It's like, you know, like there's no excuse for a found footage movie to be $12 million unless you are doing Cloverfield or something. Like, it's just crazy. But yeah, 2008, it gets a six point, sorry, six out of 10 on IMDb. So that's respectable. That's a good. That's a good score. Actually, that's a very solid score for a horror film. Yeah. Uh, directed by John Eric Dowdle. Now, John Eric Dowdle is a good found footage director. He did the Poughkeepsie tapes before this, which is on many lists as one of the best found footage films. After this, he did As Above, So Below, which is a glossy. Some people hate it. Some people love it. But it's it's a, in my opinion a totally decent, fun found footage. But it's like glossy. You know, it's not like Blair Witch. And yeah, then he did No Escape. But he's mostly done found footage stuff. It was written by himself and Drew Dowdle as well. It was DP'd by Ken Seng, who would go on to do Sorority Row, Step Up 3D, Project X, <laughs> Deadpool, and he's now doing the Untitled Terminator reboot or hmm. whatever it is. Uh, music. So Ken wasn't the cameraman character as our lovely Mr. Was Russo not. was in. Uh, was not. The first two records. They gave it to an ethnic minority, but not to the ethnic minority that's behind the camera. Yeah. Although, to be fair, maybe Ken doesn't like to hold the camera and he gets his first AC too. We should have checked whether that's uh, the same. But no, I doubt it because this guy's definitely an actor. For <laughs> sure. Starring Jennifer Carpenter. No relation to John Carpenter as far as I can find. As Angela Vidal. Uh, she went on to be in Brawl in Cell Block 99. She's in Dexter. She's in Gone. 
Just before this, she'd done The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which horror people would know her from. Steve Harris as Scott Percival. He went on to be in The First Purge, so we've covered him before, Ali. <laughs> and he was in The Rock, apparently. That's what I wrote down. The Rock? Uh, all right. I mean- It's in the Sean Connery film, Michael Bay? I'm, I'm reading it out befuddled because I wrote it down at some <laughs> point without judging it. Maybe I wrote down something wrong. Nobody knows. Uh, Jay it. Hernandez as Jake. He's in Suicide Squad, Hostel Part 2, Hostel, Friday Night Lights, a TV show. He's a pretty big face, one that I feel most people would know. Jonathan Shirech. Yeah. <laughs> another, another big-ish face. Yeah, it's George Fletcher. He is in the Prom Night remake, as well as Jonah Hex in Legends of Tomorrow, Laid to Rest, and quite a few other genre things. He's also in Columbus. That Thing You Do. That's true. <laughs> yes, he is. He is a weird fucking face. <laughs> Just want to say it right now. We'll, we'll okay. get to him and his character. <laughs> oh, boy. Columbus Shaw as Danny Walensky. He's in Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And then a bunch of other people, including... What's his face? Fucking hell. Doug Jones as the... Well, I don't think they give her a name in this, do they? No, they don't. Well, well we know her as a name that I've forgotten. Tristine, Trist- Tristana. Tristiana. Tristana. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Tristana. Also in this film is Greg German, who was in Ally McBeal, but who I noted down as being in Chucky 2. He was the assistant. Oh, is he in Chucky 2? <laughs> he was the uh, assistant of the big CEO of the toy company, and he got uh, strangled by Chucky oh, in his car. One of the greatest Chucky kills. <laughs> Almost prolonged, for sure. Oh, no, no, no. They kill- okay, I know which one I'm talking about. Sorry. I'll think about the one in the office. Oh, yeah, no. The, the, his assistant who got, uh, I think he had a plastic bag put over his head while he was driving. Yeah. Seems, sounds like something Chucky would do. Yeah. I think we're hitting immediately, and I don't want to sound negative straight out of the gate, but I want to hit immediately on a problem I have with, with something that found footage films can do. I know so, what you're going to say, and I agree. Shall we move on? <laughs> <laughs> say it. I'm a big fan of found footage. I appreciate that 99% of it is trash, but it can still be effective. I've stopped watching them nowadays, really, but I used to watch every one I could get my grubby little hands on a long time ago. Um, And I really enjoy it. But something that needs to happen for found footage to have an effect on me is I need to believe these are real people. That is good acting. And also me not knowing their fucking faces. <laughs> Agree. And so many of these actors, I know. So as soon as she walks into a room and I see these faces, I'm just immediately taken out of the experience. I'm like, this is a film. Totally. Straight away. That's, that was like one of my first notes was like that it immediately breaks that, that sort of illusion, I guess, for you. Because it's like, oh, well, okay. Now everything feels acted. Everything feels written. Because I recognize these faces and I can see them acting. I could just... Yep. Fuck. I mean, to be fair, we don't live in Spain. We don't grow up in Spain. Maybe some of those actors you'd recognize. I know, like, the lead lady in that, she was actually a proper newscaster at some point, which maybe added or maybe detracted. I don't know. And it is hard when you're doing a found footage film because some of these people became more famous after this, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you can't control if someone becomes famous afterwards and then you go back and watch this and you know those faces. But regardless, I do feel the casting in this is we're casting them because they're pretty. That's like, you know, everybody has good jawlines. Everyone is cute and handsome and pretty. And it's, it just feels more movie-like immediately to me than yeah. found footage. America likes Yeah, it feels people. like it's that, yeah, that very sort of deliberate Hollywood kind of, let's make a few bucks off this. And to do that, we need names and we need good looking people. Yeah, we need sex appeal. 
Yeah. Because when we have that cleavage picture on the poster. Yeah. Gotta look right. Sorry, Ali, what were you going to say? I mean, if that, as <laughs> this is my main issue with working in the film industry and trying to be an active speaker in it, I have a big problem with recognizing people like huge okay. A-list actors or C, but so this was not a problem for me because I don't recognize anyone ever. <laughs> okay, cool. But I could well, see that other than, I mean, there are the select few that when you recognize them, like Jennifer Lawrence is probably the first time I had that where I saw her, if I saw her in any film past that in my head, she was just Katniss, but it doesn't right. happen that often for me. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, you can give us that perspective. All right, so we open on a screen. I've literally, I have no fucking trivia. Like, I've got three things, and they're all to be to do at the end, really. They're not stuff to lead us into it. It really is. The film was made. It was doing well. Hollywood bought it. They thought they'd make some money. They churned this out in a year. That's really it. Like, there's no creative, artistic background or passion project. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing to talk about. It's just, this is literally made to do a good old you know, cash cow on something that was successful abroad. So we open the Screen Gems logo while we have VO immediately from a mic being set up. And then we're into, yeah, I'm just immediately reminded of, oh, wow, this is, I've forgotten how shot by shot this feels. <laughs> As we're in immediately like the same setup from the original with her doing an intro at the fire station immediately there. And for me, she just, just from the off, from the first couple of sentence feels less real. She just feels more yep. vapid and plasticky and the cameraman starts stroking her in a weirdly sexual yeah. way that I didn't understand. <laughs> and then they never go back to that. So I was like, oh, okay, they're hooking up. But no, she's flirting with this other dude for the whole film and there's no jealousy coming from the cameraman. It's like, I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, well I'm, imme- the, like, I'm immediately disappointed. Yeah, I felt exactly the same. And, and even right from this beginning bit, there were lines which i remembered reading in the subtitles it's like they almost they yeah. it's like they almost they they, they pulled like the almost verbatim <laughs> yeah they took the same script for sure and so just- that was jarring in itself having seen wreck but then i was like okay again i need to kind of detach from that a little bit but then it was that same thing of like okay well now but it still feels acted nothing feels mm-hmm. natural and and sort of off the cuff like there was no sort of looseness to it yeah. And it's mar- It's tiny things. It's the same for me. It's like, th- this is the thing. It's like, and this, my problem is, is she's there and she just comes across as stupid. And, I, and there's a million factors for why that happens. But from, yeah, the cameraman stroking us actually to her giggling at things. But she just doesn't seem like a professional. She knows how to do her job. I mean, to be fair, I kind of felt the same way about Angela in the Spanish series. That she was just kind of ditzy, okay. like midnight TV series. Like, Oh, yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. I felt like she was minxy, but I didn't feel like she didn't know how to do her job, you know? Maybe because, yeah, she, like we said, like she comes from that background in real life. So I just felt she at least knew how to hold a fucking mic and how to kind of just compose herself. There's a problem with this, like for me, for instance, we get to this now where, yeah, she's interviewing all the people at the station and she messes up with the microphone when she's interviewing one of the firemen, like the chief fireman. She like asks him a question and then forgets to give him the mic and then yeah. she like literally like, giggles oh. like, oh. <laughs> There's <laughs> also a funny? point when they're in the house and she's interviewing residents where she doesn't put the mic up to like she, the actress yeah. forgets to do it, but we still hear them because they're clearly mic'd. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. It's like, interesting. I still heard them perfectly. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like the, the thing that I really disliked about this whole establishing moment here in the 
yeah, you lose also that sense of she's being professional because then it becomes this weird, almost like flirty, high schooly dynamic yeah. between the like very bro firefighters, which yes. I fucking hated. I yes. hated so much. And I could maybe appreciate it. But it was like, okay, maybe that's just, you know, it's like trying to highlight culturally, like American culture, but it was just. No, because she it loves it. So like, yeah, she's she, like yeah, exactly. enjoying it all the way, which is fine. But there's nothing else to any of these characters. That's the problem. Mm. It's like, yeah, the firemen are just like, you got a handsome, like, fucking, what's his name? Sort of Twilight looking Friday Night Light sort of guy. With them. Yeah. And then you got mustache. <laughs> just bag. a fucking creep throughout. Is that, hang on, which character, who's he played by? He's played, mustache is played by that thing you do guy. What's his name? The one with the last Jonathan Shares. Oh, that is Jonathan. Yeah. That is Jonathan Shares, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's something about yeah, him that just bothers me. Yeah, because they call him Fletcher. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. First of all, I was in this beginning, I was feeling bored because it, it, there was something about it that it just lacked, I think because it was feeling so written and feeling so acted, that it lost a sort of a bit of its soul for me. Like, the, I just was thinking back to Wreck and- how that bit, what was it? Was It was like only seven minutes long, but it felt like this extended mm-hmm. sequence, but it, there was like a soul and a character to it and it moved very nicely. Whereas here I was feeling bored to begin with and then just very frustrated and just like grossed out by these characters and just like hating them. I was just like, just kill them now, please. Yeah. Please. Which again, I, w- I want to like, again, it's, yeah, it's so hard to remove yourself. You know, it's like I saw this <laughs> really a year after seeing Wreck and I remember not being as harsh. And I do, you know, I'm going to say it from the beginning, it's tiny things. I'm trying to like scrutinize, yeah, why I feel exactly what you're saying, Alex, which is just kind of annoyed with them. I'm really bored, just really bored. And I'm, again, I'm not revealing because I do have some contradicting things towards the end, but that I'm going to say, but I haven't in our entire franchises, like all 13 or whatever franchises we've done of films, I haven't been this bored. Mm. <laughs> well, I struggled to get through this movie. And I did, and I never really stopped them. I stopped them if I go go to the restroom or something. I stopped this a few times because I just needed to get up and do something else for two minutes and then come back. <laughs> like, I just couldn't keep yeah. going. And part of that is, yes, that we quite recently watched the original film just four weeks ago. You know, that is part of it for sure. And I am trying to judge it, like we're saying, as how do you, you know, how is it if you're just watching it? And honestly, it's fine. Like, if you're just watching it for the first time, it's fine, but it's, it is vapid, even if you're not comparing it. There are problems, yeah, I think with this, the sexual nature between some of these characters, which just seems weird. It's just cliched characters. It is, but it's also just like, it's just like, I, I was trying to watch interviews to learn a bit about this movie, and I can't find anything with the director talking about it. But there's quite a few Jennifer Carpenter, and she clearly is not into horror films at all. And, you know, bless her, is doing her best in the interviews. But she talks about this character like she's a kick-ass female. It's something that she keeps saying. And I'm just like, I'm... She doesn't... No. <laughs> I don't get any of that. Yeah. At yeah. any point. She's just this unprofessional giggling girl who's enjoying the attention of all of the boys. That's how she feels to me throughout this film. Mm-hmm. So it's just like... And that's... Again, it, that's all fine. But it's just not giving me any of the enriched kind of like... Just the little nuances that make something so much better. I don't yeah. think Wreck is that far off from this. But it's just little things, you know? Anyway, she walks into a fucking wall when she says, can I do the pole again? Which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> it's like they, they try to edit out of it. But she's like, can I do the pole again? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then she turns around and there's a wall there. And they just edit it. 
But yeah, she gets introduced to Jacob Fletcher. These two guys were just talking about, they show her their long wooden pole. Allie's going to be excited by the dog, I presume. Yeah, the Dalmatian. He's great. <laughs> I did note that. I was like, all right, it's better. Dalmatian's present. Yeah, his, little, um, his little jumping up trick was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cute. Well, it's because the guy who, who's like showing us him is, you can tell he's a real person. <laughs> like, yes, he's a real dog trainer. <laughs> So he just sticks out. Could have very well just actually been his dog. Yeah. I really, and this is an illustration for me of the little moments that I think they completely fuck up in this. Like, I really hate, we then cut to her and Jake hanging out on a stairwell. The cameraman is apparently setting up or something, but he's just filming them. And they're kind of talking in this very body language. Oh, we're really, really flirty with each other. And Jake's been going like, he's been shy, shy, shy. You know, every scene we've seen Jake in so far, he's been really awkward, really shy, all bashful. Oh, I don't like the camera. And then he's there <laughs> flirting with her. And then the camera says, all right, we're good. And then both of them just go, body change. Jake is all confident. And then he just starts walking and talking, like explaining the place. And I'm just immediately like, this is exactly, these are the little things that ruin a found footage movie. It's like, you're not real people. We're not capturing a real moment. We're capturing a director saying, flirt with each other. And then when mm-hmm. he's got the camera going, go back into introducing around the room. And there's no reality to that transition. And this guy's so confident when he was really shy, just like 10 seconds ago. We get a shower scene with a little fire hose joke, which is tee hee hee. Hilarious. Tee hee hee. So in this fire scene, uh, in the shower scene, when the guy's like banging on the door... And, like, the guy's, like, holding the door. I thought, oh, that might be a throwback later, like an image we'll see, but... Oh, yeah. It kind of Yeah, that's true. That'd be cool. Get to see a a zombie demon's wang, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't quite go that far, but sure. (laughs) I do think that's what this is missing. (laughs) Yes. Zombie demon wang. (laughs) (laughs) They spy on... Yeah, she's like spying on fire engine guys because they're all still mic'd up or whatever and moustache man saying $100 I can bang her by the morning. Fucking hate it. It's just all so... Which again is fine people having these conversations but she seems to be enjoying it. Yeah. Which again is also fine but she has to have other layers to her for me to give a shit. Like if you want to have that character then it should be the side character. That's mm-hmm. one dimensional and just giggly with the boys, you know? That's not what I want from a lead character that I'm meant to, meant to care about. And like you said, Alex, we're getting more of the cameraman. Like he talks a little bit more. We see him right at the beginning briefly yeah. and again later, which I liked never seeing. Was it Pablo? Is that what he's called? Yeah. I like never seeing Pablo. You see his legs and that's mm-hmm. it. I like that we were that character. It felt like a video game more, you know, in terms of you are the camera. Well, I think that's the difference with the actual DP being the character and filming. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that makes a huge difference because in these beginning bits as well with the cameraman in this, just, I guess, because it was all ADR for him, maybe in some bits, maybe not in the bits, obviously, where we see it. Oh, for sure, near the end. There's terrible ADR. Yeah, yeah, you really notice it and it's just... and, And sometimes in some of these beginning bits, as we get into the apartment and the stakes slightly go up, he he his voice still sounds so disconnected from the action and yeah. it was like there were moments when the stakes were going up and he'd just be like yeah blah 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 and it was just like <laughs> drop again and be like oh that doesn't work like yeah. i yeah. the more he talks towards the end the more i'm really frustrated i just want to mm. throw something at the screen because he just like he starts acting and he's so overacting by the end it's just really distracting yeah and that that's coming from us you know because he's the only camera in this film. There aren't other cameras that we're swapping to at yeah. any point. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I do like that she counts the amount of stairs that they're running down when the alarm goes off and they're running to the fire engine. Uh, and she wants the cameraman to be safe. So she's like, there are 18 stairs as they're like, running down the stairs. I thought that was nice. I want to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> Fair enough. Mustache Man's then talking about raiding the hot girls on the street. And as always, she's very amused by this. And then they get to the building. Uh, and we have another actor that I know. Yeah. Which is, I, I call him Eyes Wide Shut Man. Because that's what I know him from, even though he's in quite a few things. But yeah, he's the father of, he's in that clothes store where he goes to get the mask and costume for the party. Um, and has like the underage daughter that he then later tries to sell to Tom Cruise. But yeah, he's got a that's, very identifiable face. Yeah, that's the thing with this film. Even if you can't pick, if you, even if you don't know what films these people have been in, they're very recognizable faces. Yes. Yeah. I think why I know him so well is because in that film, I think he's in Marvel as well somewhere now, but in that film in particular, in Ice White Shot, he's in his dressing gown, I think, for every scene. And in this, he's in his dressing gown for every scene. <laughs> so I just feel like that's in his contract. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. And then they go inside to, to, the apart- sorry, to the apartment building to see what's going on and immediately confronted with more faces that I know. <laughs> yep. Like, who's that tall, thin guy who's the vet? Uh, the, so he's, the he's, 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 the, he's, that's Greg German, I think. He's oh, that's the guy that's, who was in Ali McBeal, but in Chucky yeah. too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just know, you just know his face. As soon as they walk in, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, but the apartment building looks good. This is a set, to be clear. And like we mentioned on a previous podcast, I believe they reused this set for Rec 2. But yeah, it this feels is not a real building. larger than the ones we saw yeah. in Rec. So that was, I remember you giving us that little bit of information and i was kind of surprised when i watched this because it feels different yeah i didn't like this set as much the the layout of it because in the spanish films when they climb up the stairs they get to a landing and there's an apartment door on either side and they go up and there's an apartment door on either side so there's like a real nice flow that just like cycles up right up until you get to the penthouse whereas in this they get up to a landing and then they go down a corridor and then turn right or left yeah, it's more to like another a apartment. apartment. It's, just, yeah. it's much, yeah. So it's much for me, it was diff- like it, it lost some of that flow in in the later moments when people are running through the building, because that was a cool sure. thing about wreck. I felt is when they could look down or up and then they'd see and like that. Yeah. everything of, is happening yeah. down that funnel. Right. It yeah. feels more claustrophobic there too. Here, there are more little mm-hmm. nooks that you can escape into. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, it, but I'm just saying it's a good, you know, it's a good, this is a fully functional, like the lift did really work and all that stuff. Fully yeah. functional uh, apartment building. I think it's a yeah. well-designed set. But then again, 14 fucking million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it seems less likely that American police would allow the filming to continue than pol- Spanish police. But maybe it's just because I don't know anything about Spanish police. But I feel from my experience with American police, they're not going to let that shit happen. That's well, he puts up thing. a little bit of a fight at the beginning and then... I don't know how long it is into it that he changes his mind and he's like, no, no, they need to be filming this. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it's a bit later that I think is actually more likely in the American version. So, um, but yeah, they go upstairs with the police to the old lady's apartment. They have the long corridor. The dog goes running out. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, immediately, was I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, is Max going to be in this one? But There's multiple that's not dogs, Max, right? He's no. still, yeah. Mm, so many dogs in this film. It's I know. I actually thought, I feel like it was a missed opportunity to not take the dog that we're introduced to at the beginning in with them, because then that could have been an added. Because you loved him. <laughs> well, that's like, I mean, we had this problem with some of the other rec films where they introduce something, but don't follow up on it. And so they were sure. saying, this is a dog that's trained to help us. So yeah, why yeah, not yeah. take him to yeah. help you with, if you don't know what the problem's going to be, 
Yeah. You wanted a Lassie moment. I get it. Break my heart with the dog. <laughs> is Lassie still, do people still know Lassie? Is that relevant or do I need to give that one up? I know it as a pop culture reference. I don't know that I've actually seen it. Okay, good. Yeah. Lassie's still relevant. Because I feel like every time I see those dogs, I'm like, it's a Lassie dog. Right. Black we'll beauty. Do that, right? Horse. Flipper. Absolutely. Dolphin. Absolutely. Flippers for sure, Allie, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I don't know that Just other one you said. Just checking my references. Are Free Willy? Well, yeah. Killer Whale. Bruce? AKA Orca. Bruce. Bruce. Oh, Jaws. Bruce is the most important. Oh, yeah. It's Jaws. We have different references for Bruce. So. Yeah. It's Jaws. <laughs> they get up close to the old lady immediately in this, which is nowhere near as scary for me. Like, they just immediately sort of stroll over to her, and she seems way more cogent and sad She's and talking. scared. She's talking. Yeah. She's, like, whimpering, yeah. Yeah, there is less... I mean, I, I said it was a negative eventually in the Rex series, but they did a lot of long corridors, something silhouetted, long mm. pause, and then run at camera. And yeah. it's effective most of the time, and then it got a bit boring. In this one, doesn't happen enough. There's a lot of just going over to interact with things, mm. and it diffuses that tension for me. I kind of like it happening at the beginning of the film, though, just because... It's then more understandable when they still are trying to help people by going up to them and like helping lift them up versus in the rec mm -hmm. films. Like you, you see immediately what's happening and you feel immediately that many people in this building could be dangerous versus here. It's more understanding that you would still be feeling sorry for people and wanting to approach them to help them. If that makes sense. But Probably going with the empathetic. In the, <laughs> in the, in the first rec film, old lady doesn't run at them straight away. We get the silhouette. They approach. That's true. And she's just silent. And That's true. they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And then she goes into the screen. Whereas in this, it plays that moment the same, but then she actually responds, which for me was she's like- sort of pottering around a bit. And it it yeah. just didn't feel scary to me in this one. And I did like, I like in Rick, in the first Rick, there's a couple of moments where you're suddenly like, oh, everything's changed. And that was one of those moments you're like, oh shit. Like, it's not going to be a slow buildup. It is immediately- Terrible things mm. are happening in this Switch. place. Because um, she was sort of a bit more coherent in this one, the old lady, I thought that they were going to twist it and that she wasn't infected right away. And maybe yeah, someone yeah. else was going to come out at that point. Um, that this would is involve not a film creativity. That is on, yeah, this, and this is not a film that is counting on anyone having seen Wreck. Like, this is not a remake mm. that comes out 10 years later where it's like, okay, we need yeah. to spin on the original. This is a film where it's like, no, no one's seen Wreck. No one's going to because Americans will not read. So... <laughs> We get to just steal everything, which again, is fine, but then at least do something visually different or something. Yeah, you, know, you got to do something different to have your own voice in it. As a director, it must be kind of depressing. Policeman gets bit. Lady is taken down or so they Kill one. Think. Kill one oh. cop. Oh, yeah. Kill one cop. They carry the policeman downstairs. We hear sirens. So we're just going for all the same stuff as, as in Rec 1. The doors are locked. Some of these scenes are literally line by line verbatim. Exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's kind of surreal. It really mm. is. Uh, and then they try and get into the fabric workshop. And then we get the dropping body. Not the same. Kill two mustache sleaze bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the same at all. Uh, not the same impact as what I wrote down. He he. <laughs> it just looks fake. I watched it twice. Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't look right. I loved the reaction in that original. I don't know if they did it here. I don't think they did. But in the original, we talked about it. They didn't. The directors didn't tell people they were going to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely the real reaction. In this, it looks fucking CGI'd or whatever, how it falls anyway. And that was a big disappointment for me. Because at this point, I was like, look, this is the same. But maybe they can, you know, they got more money. Maybe they can do something more with these things. And instead, there's less. Mm. Which is the opposite direction you want to be going. 
The fireman and policeman go upstairs to investigate. Where did he drop from? I think. Is that what they're investigating? I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Or who dropped him? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. They go, oh, how does gravity work? Let's check this out. <laughs> mm. And our lead and cameraman go up after them. Uh, and we get back to that hallway. I'm just, I don't know why. I don't really, I'm not trying to be a dick. Again, I'm open to American remakes, but I'm just not feeling the tension in this. And I don't know why. But we get a couple of scares here. And now this is where our lead girl stops the peppiness. She stop, she's going to stop being all flirty and happy all the time. Yep. And then she just freaks out at her cameraman. And in my books, proves, oh, she should go back to being peppy because she can't act. That's how I feel. <laughs> Did not believe any of her freaks out. She does a lot of freaking out later in this film as well. I just wanted her to stop. There was one later on. I think it was maybe right towards the end. Uh, or I can't remember. There was one. There was one in particular where I was watching it, and it just felt. It felt like she was doing a performance in an acting class. <laughs> yes. No. Exactly. That's exactly how it feels. And I think she's. You know. I think she, again. I was watching these interviews with her. I know she made sure for the ending they didn't take her upstairs, so she didn't know what the layout was and all that stuff. She was clearly trying to give her all. I do believe she's got good intentions here, but she's much better at being peppy. <laughs> Uh, which annoys me for different reasons than she is realistically crying and screaming to stuff. I wonder if some of the actors had watched the first, the original Reg film prior I was wondering to going that into too. this project. Because mm. if I had been cast in this and I hadn't seen the original, I would avoid it at all costs. Yeah, but then I sure. wonder, like, if they had, whether consciously or not, some of those choices would have bled into their performance. Yeah. And then I think that's that then that becomes like an influence of like, like okay, well, you've seen it, it it's sort of like within you and whether you're being like, Oh, I'm not gonna make that choice or I am, it's like it, it's definitely affecting performance. But maybe they yeah. didn't watch it and maybe it's just poor direction. I don't know. Sure. Blame the direction. <laughs> <laughs> so something new that they have is they try to get everyone down from the apartments. So we don't just have the group that's already down there, there's gonna be more people, like you say, it's a bigger building. And they're actually going to go door to door to get people down. That wasn't there previously, was it? Like they are trying to get everybody downstairs, but instead of going door to door, they just check each unit to see if everyone's there. Okay, okay. I mean, this did feel a bit more believable to me. Like everyone wouldn't necessarily already be involved. I like them going from mm-hmm. door to door. My problem is the reactions you get because you got the Thai guy who's just weird. You're like, what's happening in your apartment? Because he's so dodgy. Don't know what's going on. And then two bewildered, I mean, what are they meant to be? Are they meant to be like- A couple that doesn't speak English? Yeah. Yeah. But they just look at- It's terrible. Honestly, it's borderline terrible racist Mm. how this scene plays out. Like they come out of their apartment and they're having a conversation with them and just the bewildered looks they have on each other's faces like, English? We have not- Which is fine if they don't speak English, but- they look completely like they've never seen the world before. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're Because, like, at least in the original with the Asian family, the mother could speak Spanish and any racist attitudes towards them were portrayed through the characters. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's really weird. And then we find a woman who seems to have just watched the Ring video because she's sitting in front of, like, a static oh, yeah. TV. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and there's a rat in her apartment that comes after the cameraman, so he stomps it. Kill I'll three. Be honest. Kill three, rat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll be honest. 
I'm not liking this stuff, but it's stuff I haven't seen before. Yeah. So I started to get my hopes up of, oh, they're going to go somewhere different. And I knew the one thing I did remember is they drop all the religion from this version. So I was like, I didn't know that. Are they going to do something different? Is it going to be rat stuff? Like (laughs) what's happening here? And I was hoping here, cool, we're going to diverge now and do a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, But then they immediately just rubber band back to wreck. So just to, um, I don't know if you had got up to this point yet. So they go back to the old lady's place where the cop shoots her. Have we got to that yet? No, I don't think so. We're just a bit would have taken the sick woman down today. Yeah. Which I wouldn't want to be anywhere near these fucking people. Like everyone's hanging out with people who look clearly. Yeah. They've all got terrible, terrible bio viruses or something. <laughs> like this is not good. Yeah, you I wrote. Put them in, in a my room day. and just shut it. I wrote, she's foaming at the mouth after what you just saw. Stop being good at your job. <laughs> or you would, yeah, you would. The whole building's under quarantine. Quarantine people. You'd quarantine in there. a room. Because yeah. they're not stupid. You'd immediately go, oh, we're fucked. She's going to do the same unless thing. Unless we start quarantine immediately. Yeah. So there are two dead. I don't think we were up to the bit. I think we did pass the bit where they they go up back. So after Mustache Sleeves Bag crashes, they go back up to the oh, old yeah, lady's yeah. Sorry, house. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're right. That's before she freaks out the first time. Yeah. They go back up to the old lady's place and then the Colombian or the girl runs out who in the original would be the Colombian girl. And then we get the old lady appearing and she screams and runs and the cop shoots her. And a choice right. in this film- that I like, which they cut from the original, is that they don't rewind the footage. She asks if the cameraman yes. has the footage and he says yes, but we don't see that pointless rewind. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because that was a device, yeah, that they should have used if they were going to break the found footage rule in Wreck and they never mm. did. No, I agree. But what, yeah, what we have in place so sadly is her. Yeah, having, that's yeah. the moment where she screams yeah. at him. And it's just like, show me the footage! And then it cuts, and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. So they're saying two dead, two in need of medical care, and one dead rat. But no one seems to care about that. Only Alex. They're surrounded (laughs) by whatever we want to call it outside. I don't know what you want to call it. The governmental army. Um, What are they called? The center of the CDC? CDC. Yeah. For disease disease control. Now, I do find that this side of the Rex story feels more believable to happen in the US. Like, and again, I might be using my prejudices of not really understanding Spain, but in America, which I do understand a bit, yes. Think something like this is happening? You could get a lot of people with guns turning up outside mm-hmm. to make sure you stay in your fucking building and put sheets down and just take care of the situation. They had some in more sort of intense aggressive way. industrial doors that they put at the base of the building. Yeah. Which was... Yeah, they do. It just feels more likely that, yeah, this is how America would, in a big city, would react yeah. to something like this happening. No one's phone works. The uh, the atrium's really oddly quiet and calm. Mm. Like, no one's freaking out. Everyone's just sort of, like, pottering around and talking amongst themselves. <laughs> they figure out it's a biological nuclear thing, E-N-C. whatever they call it. There you go. Yeah, and we still have the mother and a sick daughter who can't get through to her husband, but we don't hear about her husband being outside in this one. They just say they can't get through to him. Yeah. They say he's out getting medicine, I think. Yeah, but it doesn't keep coming back no. like in the first one. And then Eyes Wide Shut Guy says there's a way to jump down from the floor above, just like the first one. So a small little group heads off. But as they're trying to do it, the police or army or whatever start dropping the sheets down. And then a cop pulls a gun on her. And we get all the same beats. Yep. So now we get serious reporter girl, which I really, really hate. When she suddenly starts talking to the camera and she gives this sort of update. And then she just says her bit. And as soon as she's finished saying it, she just walks <laughs> off the camera. 
Like, I'm honestly surprised you didn't just like drop the mic and just walk out. It's ridiculous. And now they're doing the autopsy and I blinked for a second because I don't understand how to get in the angle they're getting of this autopsy because in Wreck, they're looking through this little gap in a window and you're seeing it from afar. In this, it's like we're there with them. Yeah, the... F- like it's very up close. The first one, they're there. I was confused as well. But then remembering in Wreck, the first time that they had the guys and they were sort of like tending to their wounds... Remember, I, I remember mentioning it in Rec 1 where I was like, oh, that felt very staged. Like there were these very like stage sort of like establishing yeah. shots of that. And I think that this was that moment because then later on we have the through the window part. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still way closer through the window. That's like, true. It's like, I don't know, they're just using better zooms, I guess, or whatever. But it just feels, again, way more filmic and doesn't feel like I'm, you know, peering in on it and doesn't create that tension for an autopsy scene. I just get, I got pretty bored for the autopsy scene. Although I did wake up for the great line from, uh, what's his name, German. German, is that what he's called? Yeah. German, whatever. Ali McBeal guy. Of, no, I've never seen anything like this before. And then a little pause. Mostly because I'm a vet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking brilliant line. I love it's it. Fu- I've never I, seen anything like this. It's funny. Before. When he first mentioned earlier that he was a vet, uh, my initial mm-hmm. response uh, reaction was, oh, he's an, he's an army vet. And oh. like he's got, and he's got sort of war, <laughs> and he's war training. And then when he said that line, I was like, oh, he's actually, he's a vet. Vet. Excellent. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so the little girl gets interviewed, the mum's interrupting, same as in the original. And then suddenly Mustache Man comes back to life, walking around with his broken leg. Pretty cool that effect. That looks yeah. very cool, definitely. Yeah. Give them credit for that. With the bendy, bendy bone. And then the vet says that they all have rabies. But rabies should take months to show up, but it's happening incredibly quickly. And I do like these, yeah, these little things. Someone, well, how do you cure it? And he's like, well, no. There's no cure. You don't. 100% so fatal. Fucked. It's fatal. Yeah, so this is... A, and you're waiting. I'm waiting for this to be contradicted later. We're going to get to the ending and what that gives or takes away from this film. But rabies seems to be what is actually happening in this film. Agreed? Some yes. sort of, like, extreme propelled yeah. okay. rabies. Okay. Now, in the original, I know later on we get into religious stuff, but in the original, we just presume it's some biochemical thing that's turned into, like, sort of zombies mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's something weird. And- yeah. Yeah. And then it changes religiously. I mean, I was still thinking that, that was, it was going to play that way. Because at this point, I, I didn't know about the religious aspect being taken religious out of stuff. it. So, I figured at this point, it was like, oh, okay, he's a vet. He's making an analysis based on what he knows. And yet, this is... So, in his head, it's, yeah, it's an extreme version of that. But we're still going to get the same conclusion. So, does that then... Because I still... I hadn't thought about this until now. If they're trying to play it as it is more real life and taking out the religious demented aspect of it the old woman still comes back to life after being shot so then does that well that's what i think we have to get into at the end because it's definitely like i mean he says this isn't normal rabies like this is something this is shouldn't be like this like normally you have time to find out someone might have it before there are symptoms like for months even before but in this it's happening in a matter of minutes so it's definitely something weird, definitely something tampering with. So is that just supposed to erase the rules of? Yeah, it's like a basis of rabies and then it's been tampered with in some way. So it is still a biological experiment kind of thing, which at this point, again, yeah, I kind of judge in the same way as how I might have been thinking in the original, you know, that it was a form of rabies, but they just didn't want to pin it down as anything in the original. Here they're very clear about, we need to tell you what it is. So then they go to an apartment and there's a dog in there. 
And then Tiger comes out of an elevator and the dog attacks him and they close the lift doors with him in there. I just got some weird notes here where I'm just like, because so much is the same that when, when I note something down, it's like, they watch a fuzzy TV. The news says everyone has been evacuated, which obviously everyone on the street could tell isn't true. <laughs> because there's been like, you're in a public street. There'd be loads of people, which we don't really get to see here. If the building had been evacuated, you would have seen it be evacuated. Yes. So shenanigans. That was, yeah, the thing... I liked about the first one was when they pull when they approach the apartment in the beginning you get the sense that it's on a busy sort of main kind of street yeah. whereas in this one not really but you really i mean and then you go into that street in the second one you really get into mm. that obviously crowd and stuff yeah yeah so i mean we'll see next week how that if maybe it does the same thing so then all the lights and power go out in the building they get attacked by a rabid woman this bridge is pretty cool when they use the camera to hit her in the face, like again and again, it goes from cool to funny a bit quick. I did not like this part. To, you didn't like it? No, it's just, and especially because immediately after this, we see him in the mirror with the camera and it's a big camera. So if you have a big camera, you're going to use the bulk of it to hit someone, not your tiny circular glass lens head on every time, like just straight to the face, the little circle you would use like, the hunk but that's what i need this film to be because this film can't be and i'm not going to pretend wreck is sophisticated but it's more sophisticated than this you know this film can't be that what this film wants to be is peppy pretty girls laughing at sexual jokes with guys who look burly and beautiful and people smashing people in faces with camera lenses <laughs> it's like that's fine then do this do the really stupid american version of wreck mm. yeah and go way over the top and make that goofy and fun and i'm all in like i'm like yeah cool. yeah we can do the same beats you're just turning everything up to 11 and we can have more fun with this you got more money we can learn so i'm fine with this moment it does like it goes on way too long he's hitting her in the face again and again and then it becomes the lens silly, doesn't but. yeah i feel like you could have had a similar effect with just the movement of the camera if it had been like angled a little bit so we still see parts of her body yeah, sure. And it's also, I see what you're saying and I agree. Like if they were going to do this, go all in. But because they don't go all in, they just like the changes they make are these tiny little like, look at this cool idea we had. And now we're back in the exact same movie. Oh, now there's a rat. We're going to stomp on it. And now we're back in the exact same movie. So they don't really 100% commit to it. So that was, no, that was Kill 5 girl. And before that, we had Kill 4, the guy in the elevator. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bethany sat and watched most of this with me while she was doing some work. Now, as some of our listeners may know, I can't remember if we mentioned in the last two, but she watched Wreck 3 and 4 with us, having not seen Wreck 1 and 2, one which and two. I was really sad about. <laughs> so, this is her first so now way she's of knowing seen Wreck 1. Yeah. So, she was watching this. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And it was interesting because some of the bits, whether it was like this girl that just got killed with the camera, like the first look at her face and seeing the makeup you know, she reacted to that. And there's also other bits where she reacted to some of the choices, like in a pretty positive way, like not like blown away thinking this was the most amazing film ever, but certainly in a way that was more sort of much more positive than I was experiencing it. So it was interesting to see that okay. contrast because there were every time she would react to something and be like, oh, that's cool makeup or, or that bit's a bit kind of icky or scary. I would, I would just be like, you need to watch Wreck 1. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now though now it's now it's ruined yeah. for her. i wonder if she went back and watched wreck one now if she would still if she would like this one more just because it was her first yeah maybe yeah 
yeah. exposure to it to this story get her to do that before the wrap up and <laughs> throw <laughs> she's out now in. involved we're roping yeah. her in <laughs> uh we are way too long at the cameraman cleaning his camera here he's meant to be like breaking <laughs> down and i'm just like come on like it's just it was just a reason for I mean, them I, to get her to take off her shirt so she could be in the same tank top as yeah. the other angela yes the the yeah. blood effect on the lens it just looks so bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah and again this scene i'm no problem like this is great these are human moments but you need better script better acting better direction like all of it like you need actors who can really fucking hold their own and this guy it's a different type of acting you're casting tv mm. actors from you know like superhero tv shows and you're casting people from big budget like action films it's like that's not the right type of acting yeah. and I, i've seen this guy and other stuff and i like him but it's just he's not right here at all and it really really bothers me that he gets the focus here and what bothers me even more is that then i pressed the button on my little remote and it says we're only 47 minutes into the movie <laughs> i mean i think we talked about this in, i had quite a reaction i think we spoke about it maybe around the first two films but that issue of of yeah of getting actors that are used to working in those types of projects you mentioned and then asking them to act natural <laughs> Like it can yeah. be such yeah. to, to ask an act attack natural can be such a challenging thing in itself. Yeah. And to kind of break down that. And also because they, particularly people like this who are like, these are, these are guys who work out every single day, you know, have been blessed with good looks and, you know, like they're immediately cast and trained to do a particular type of acting. It's like they're acting natural isn't normal people natural. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't live normal lives. Mm. Yeah. So... It takes, you know, incredible acting to get to that point. It's just like, just cast more regular fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Like. Um, one cool thing when he was having his little heartfelt on the stairs, which I wasn't really listening to, was um, in the background, <laughs> because they were, the camera was sort of angled up, so you could see up a couple of floors, and you see someone walk past. Yeah. Which, uh, Who is, what is that meant to be, then? Just another resident, I guess. <laughs> Because again, I was like, yeah, I noticed that. So I rewound to check and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I thought, oh, is it going to be, you know, witch lady or something? But then I went, I went back and watched it for that second time. I was like, no, it's definitely not witch lady, uh, which would have been a nice little, you know, I don't know, to have something that then leads to something later. But I don't. Yeah, I thought I thought someone like I thought that person would have then followed down the stairs, attacked cameraman, killing him early, yeah. unlike Rec One Ooh. and then having Angela with the camera or someone Pick up else. the camera. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice. Strap it to one of the dogs. <laughs> They're sending in the CDC, the Center of Disease Control. They're going to come in and see what the fuck's going on. The vet says the CDC won't check for rabies. And the only way to check for it is getting a brain sample. But they come in breathing like Darth Vader. I feel very purposely breathing like Darth Vader. I feel like that was a definite weird nod. And then they film them, yeah, doing the tests on these corpses cameraman's telling her what's happening at least she's not asking every two seconds i know this like was a much <laughs> better version of this scene i mean again like, it's please too, don't oh, annoy her in this is, scene she's horrible the first time they did it this is the scene that i meant when it's too close up like with how he's shooting it so it's Through worse for me in terms of mood but yeah at least she's not yapping what's happening they, what they're doing what they're doing now can they hear me <laughs> oh my <God>. yes <laughs> shut up <laughs> And then what's even more stupid is like they start the CDC guy starts drilling into the injured person's head, mm. and then the cameraman's like, "I think he's taking a brain sample." <laughs> no, he's drilling into his fucking head. He's not just like doing an incision mm. to then like insert something like when they do well, drill you through your get skull. Through the skull. He's just fucking going right yeah. in there. Yeah. Like he's drilling. You the like brain. see his cheeks vibrating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
and you can hear like the squelch of brain tissue like in it. it's like oh i think he's doing some science in <laughs> by drilling this guy's brain bethany said at that point "Ooh, they went in really deep <laughs> <laughs> yes they did she's right yes they did uh... <laughs> guy gets really bitey bitey kill six so the cdc kill six guy. and seven killed by sleazebag there you go CDC guy says uh, about Max the dog, and that's how they knew about things happening here. Same as Rick One. And then they concentrate on the little girl because they think, oh, hang on, she's been ill and she owns Max the dog. And then the little girl bites the mom and it runs. And much like Rick, it looks a little bit silly. Yeah. But fine. Kill eight, mom. Yes. And then we get a twist here, which is good for tension, but again, is, and not trying to say this in a negative way to Americans, but American remakes. As hopefully one day I'll get to with The Ring. Like, I love The Ring remake, but the characters in there stumble across stuff. They don't investigate stuff. Whereas in The Ring original, they investigate it with intelligent thought. American remakes tend to just make characters stupid for some reason. So they handcuff the mom who's just been bitten by her daughter to the railing. But not like in the original film where they do it to the side. No, they she's put her on in the, the staircase. opening <laughs> yeah. to the yeah. staircase. Yep. Like, how well, stupid Here, we'll have to get by her. <sighs> Also, they don't even handcuff both hands. Like, if you're going to put her there, handcuff both hands so she can't then, like, reach across the length of the opening. (laughs) Well, I just, I mean, you just wouldn't. You just wouldn't put her there. I mean, in the original, it made sense. In a panic, they put her on that side bit. She could still reach through. It built some tension, but not impossible. Yeah, not close enough to completely block your path. No. Uh, So they go up to get the girl, the little girl. Kid gets bitey. So they run. Kill nine, cop. People start breaking in from the fabric place and they run upstairs again after coming downstairs. And then I do like this bit yeah, that they're like, get I up. did like this bit where it's sort of everyone then scattered. I thought that was kind of cool. How you sort of see them all go upstairs yeah. and then just sort of like fan out into different apartments. Divide. I like they come down and the mother's fine and then they turn around and she's just zombie. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. How does Cameron keeps filming while running backwards upstairs as zombies are running at him? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. who in their right mind would do that? That was one of the notes. That I wrote down was like, if I were this cameraman, like I would have abandoned the camera long ago. Yes. Yes. They all hide in uh, an apartment or a bunch of them do. And the lead lady, I'm sorry, but really did my head in in this scene where she's just screaming for ages. Oh, I think this is the bit that I was thinking of where I was like, it felt like she's in an acting class. (laughs) Oh, God. God. It was painful. And then, yeah, the girl who's the whatever, she's a weird, what do you call it? When someone lives in your house. But you're not like she lives with that guy. What? You know what I mean? Yeah, she lives with you know what I mean. Uh, sub sublet, yeah, sublet, a sublet, yeah, uh. sublet, sure, whatever, something like that. She gets bit, killed, killed. They 10. all freak out, kill ten. They're racking it up. One of the guys tries to break through the plastic sheets. He gets kill shot. 11. Sniper. And then we get a, a tiny glimpse out onto the road, which I did appreciate. Eyes wide shut. Man then tells him there's a drain cover in the basement, but the keys in his his apartment. And then he zombie breaks in, kills kill twelve, him. I think. I've lost count. <laughs> kill 27. So they go downstairs. Oh, sorry. This oh, is the bit and then older lady they gets killed there as well. The, uh, she's trying to protect landlord. Yeah. Kill 15. She does. 18. They go down to the letterbox to check which apartment he lived in. The mother's uh, dead. I'm sorry, the mother's not dead. And then they turn around and she's turned into the zombie. That's this, this bit. So they have to use the lift. That's new. So again, I get excited because honestly, anything that's new in this, I'm excited mm-hmm. about. Yay. Because it's not that this is done terribly for a glossy found footage movie it's shot fine again the actors aren't what i needed a found footage film but i've seen much worse <laughs> i just need some interesting content so i'm appreciating this uh they go up in a the lift there's a whole sort of scuffle lead girl gets attacked by a girl in floral panties 
Yeah, we get a few like few a shots of her panties, don't we? Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, it's just her panties the whole time. And I was like, who is it? So I just wrote it down as floral panties. It, it is a sublet, <laughs> isn't it? Is that right? I don't. I thought it was a different girl. Think so? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a, it a different, different girl? girl too. Lead girl's really giving it her role, Jennifer Carpenter. And then they get to Eyes Wide Shut apartment, find the keys way too easily, uh, much like the original, but even more easily mm. here. And there's just three of us left. So we've got a cameraman, we've got Jennifer Carpenter, and firefighter boy, the firefighter, yeah. firefighter boy. Light on the camera keeps blinking in and out. Jake gets bit almost immediately. Kill twelve. Uh, no, kill kill eleven. I don't know. Thirteen. Firefighter. <laughs> we see everyone start running at them, so they can't run downstairs to the drain. I do still love this plot device. I love, I've forgotten about that already from Rick. That oh, you're building up to. Let's go down to the drain, and then it's like, nope, you got to go yeah. upstairs. But they do. They they go down. Oh, is that in a sequel when they go down? Yeah, it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. Thing, yeah. So they run upstairs rather than down, head to the penthouse. And this is where I texted you guys to say, when you watch this movie, because I was the first one watching it, can you listen out for penthouse mentions? Because I hadn't listened, heard it. So, Ali, you texted us. And what did you say? They don't use the word penthouse, but when they're doing, they're going through the checklist of who lives in what rooms to make sure they have every resident downstairs. The landlord says the attic is owned by this guy from Boston, but he's never here. We haven't seen him in months. Okay. So they mentioned okay. that there's a room up there, but that it's basically unoccupied. So when they said Boston, my thinking was, this is where my brain went. I was like, okay, Boston, uh, Massachusetts, New England, big Irish Catholic population. He's a Catholic priest. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Light goes out on the camera. It comes back in. They're in an apartment full of rat cages this time, mm. but otherwise looks very similar yeah. to what we've seen in Wreck. However, they're trying to make it fit with, for some reason, them just not wanting to deal with religion, which, sure. So instead, we got newspaper clippings about a doomsday cult so, suspended for like Armageddon. Uh, this My was- question, yeah, I, I mean, very ignorant to this subject. So maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but is, aren't cults like a type of, usually have religious aspects? Not is that necessarily. Not true? I mean- I don't think that they think that it's religious, but I mean, but yes, from like an, some sort from an outside of usual point of view, ceremonial, sure, some of the thing. things that go into what I mean, yeah, you're getting into what is religious or not. Like technically, all religions are a cult in, in terms of if you're looking at, yeah, like you're saying, certain processions and certain things that you do and led by a sort of martyr figure and all this stuff. Yeah. It's just whether you believe one of those is real or not. We might have people shouting at me right now. <laughs> All religions are cults. All religions are cults. I'm no, but done. I mean, like, not in a disparaging way. I just, I do think, I don't know. We in terms of it, the structure of having yeah. one in terms of a thing, structure of some belief. higher power that you look up to and follow, blah, blah, blah. Sure. I mean, sure. My, I don't know, I don't know enough just, about multiple religions or cults to have an educated comment to make. They they moved through this part so I fast. I felt as far as the info, like I in the first one, y- yes, it was very expositional, and a, and it was right at the end. So I was like, oh, we're getting a lot of info here. But at least the info that we were getting was a nice twist on what at that point was just like, oh, this is, it's a zombie film, it's a virus outbreak, and then it was like, whoa, wait, this has got religious aspects, possession. Like that was a cool weird overlap here. Whereas here it was. The info on like cult and doomsday, all these images were so quick. And then she was go- go- getting all these files and just throwing them on the ground. She'd like open a file, look at it. And she's like, Ugh, oh, yeah. Throw it, Ugh. And then until she got to the tape recorder, which I thought, OK, this might reveal something for us here. 
and it was just sort of gurgling noises. <laughs> which, which at first, which at first, I thought, oh, you're not playing at the right speed. Just that's what I was like. Are no, you playing just it? Not. It's slow. They're playing it like quarter speed. Like she finds this, like you said, she's just throwing shit around, not looking at anything. And then he goes, because he's talking so much now and it drives me crazy. And he's like, what is that? It's a fucking voice played at quarter speed. What do you think it is? You fucking idiot. Like it's, it's just ridiculous. And these, this is what happens when you take actors and I like, okay, whether they're bad or not, I think they're bad. But when you take actors who just aren't right for your project and you throw them into something, you say ad lib. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know if he had seen that space before, but she had not. And you say like, okay, you're going to get there. The light's going to go in and out. You want to look around for this. Obviously, they're still going to break up the filming in this when the light's breaking. And you say, interact with things. Look at mm. this. And it's like, this is what happens when you have the wrong people doing this shit. It's like, they think, oh, I don't know this as a character. This space is new. I should ask, what is that all the time? And like, be puzzled by everything. Some things are just objects that you know yeah. from life. It's I would have loved it. Yeah, if, if whether it was cameraman or just like one of the actors in between takes just turns to the director and be like, wouldn't we just speed up the tape player and just to see what the reaction was from everyone on set? <laughs> I wouldn't do that because it's me reading a grocery <laughs> list. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, I just Googled cult because I feel we need to be clear on this. Uh, number one is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or well, object. Well, pretty much what you described. I feel is, it's all religions, isn't it? So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, and what else bothers me with that is like, you've got this cool fucked up voice that sounds really cool, but there's literally no reason to play mm. it. Yeah. Like in the first one, they play it and we get information. In this, it's like, no, it's just to have a creepy moment. We don't want to give you information. And I don't even know why, because it's like, even if you're taking out religious things, then you can give us other stuff on that tape. It could, yeah, yeah, it could be research. Yeah. Tell us about those They're rats. They're clearly doing research with all the rat cages. So tell us about it. Yeah. Or it yeah. could have been like, like it was when an attack be... was planned, you know, what their, their intentions yeah. were. So I, in the first one, we were a bit confused with details. But when I see things to do with exorcisms and I see things to do with the church, I know from just, you know, regular media and life enough that a shrug towards that paints a picture of something mm -hmm. big. You know, when you're talking about cults and rats and rabies, <laughs> I need some clarification yeah. Yeah. of what the fuck is going on. And the shrug here is just not enough. It's like, I don't know. You, you want to be in this environment, but someone at some point panicked with the religious aspects and stripped it out. And what's even more shocking is you're still playing through the same beats because then he looks in a fucking attic. We get a nice scare again. The attic door pops down. If you haven't seen Wreck, it's probably great. Yeah. And then he looks around and I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have a spin here because he can't see the kid. Because this is about rabies and rats. But no, there's a kid yeah. just hanging out up in the attic of the attic. Yeah, this ending baffled me that they still made the same choices. I was like, it doesn't yeah. fit now. Because then after, the, after he sees the kid... He breaks the light, same beat, turns on the night night vision, yep. and that while talking in ridiculous yeah. fashion. And then we start hearing the clattering of the Tristana character. And I think this was another bit where Bethany was like, Oh, that's creepy and looks cool. And I was like, You need to see the first wreck. <laughs> because that moment is so, so much better and so much more scary. And and mm -hmm. and like you said, uh, it sets it up with gives you enough that with the whole possession church that you can paint the rest of the picture yourself just based on what we see in the world around us and whatever. Whereas this, I was just like, what does this mean then? Like, 
there's this woman that's had rabies and just existed up here forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> is this what rabies does to you? You just like, live with forever. The Why, if he's testing on rats, which they're clearly saying, like they're clearly saying there's a cult person. I think it was like, I think what they're trying to suggest is the cult was disbanded and then the leader retreated to this place and then has decided to continue the cult, which is bringing in the apocalypse by rabies. So they're doing like medical experiments up here, I guess. Uh, this is me just giving the film a lot of benefit. Testing it on rats. A rat got out. That probably bit Max. And then it starts the whole thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah, what the fuck is this kid? And what the fuck is the witch lady? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I don't know, man. And the witch lady, the, Maybe the, witch lady out. the makeup on the witch lady does not look as cool. No. This is the thing. So this is Doug Jones in four hours of full body prosthetics. There's this whole thing in the trivia of it would take Doug Jones four hours to get into full body prosthetics for the role. He shot for one day. <laughs> so it took him four hours once. <laughs> But look, this is the thing. What Bethany, what your wife is saying when she's looking at it isn't wrong. It looks cool and it's creepy. Mm -hmm. The scene is fine. Yep. And if I had never, if Wreck had never been invented, this is a decent scene. It is. I don't think anyone's that terrible in it. The cameraman's a little bit distracting here and there. But it's only because we've seen the other version that yeah, you don't have the real person, and I feel bad now, I've forgotten his name, who has like the elongated limbs and then they put that prosthetics yep. on him. The open mouth. Like that fucking long, open, broken jaw yeah. of Tristana, which is really creepy. None of that here. So you have these things where it's like, it kind of looks all right. But you're also moving the camera so much that you don't have that long look at her when she's just sort of wandering around with yeah. sort of limp arms. And she has no nipples. Not <laughs> nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you notice that. <laughs> and then when you get to the scary bits here, when she dispatches of him and then she grabs the camera and then like, our lead grabs the camera, I mean, and then we have the exact same ending as Rec, like, you know, as close as they could possibly refilm it. You do see her face up close a few times. It's like, nope, it's just not the mm -hmm. same. Yeah, it really is. It's scary, but Rec, I would say, is kind of terrifying. Like yeah. the vision of her and Rec sticks in your brain and it could give some people nightmares. In this... Mm. And because that, that twist is like such a good payoff because it's suddenly we're outside of this zombie movie we've felt like we've been watching and it's now this demonic power that's even greater than some infection we think they can might be able to cure. It, it, yeah, it's so unsettling, that scene. Yes. Whereas here it's rat rabies. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. It deflates it all. We get the same ending. The so camera falls. She crawls up to it with cleavage in even more view than it was the first time. And then gets dragged away. Now, maybe this film was better than Wreck because there's no rock song for the end credits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and our more intro dogs. song on this podcast. Um, and that's it. I mean, that's the film. The only thing... I mean, it was shot in chronological order, like the original. And Jama and Paco Plaza have expressed their distaste for this remake, especially <laughs> because it removed the religious aspects of the originals, which is something that they felt was very important to do with the Wreck series. <laughs> and they were not happy. So they removed it themselves in Wreck 4. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did indeed. Oh, man. I mean, oh, it's so hard to tell, isn't it? But yeah, I guess let's just get into it. Let's get into it. I'm very intrigued. I've, I believe, and I might be wrong, but I believe I've never seen next week's film. But I might start watching it and then go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have seen this and just forgotten all about it. But before we get to that, guys, let's find out where you land with quarantine let's start with you ali what are your feelings and what do you want from quarantine too it's i think the main thing with this is 
which we keep we've said throughout this entire podcast if you separate it from wreck it's a fine movie and i if i had seen this in 2008 having never seen wreck and as someone who doesn't watch every horror film or a lot of them i'm sure it would have worked for me it's done well enough it's intriguing enough i again didn't have the problems of recognizing people and having a hard time seeing them as real people who would live in this flat rather than actors portraying these characters but there are i mean we're doing a podcast where we watch the entire series so it's harder to separate it and it is frustrating i think the most frustrating thing is just coming to realize that this is what america often does and this is how hollywood works is seeing a project that does really well saying we can throw more money at it but not change anything pretty much and are basically guaranteed a return like a high return so it's frustrating to see like the ugly non-creative side of the industry because you'd like to think that we have a bit more standards than that so that sucks it does (laughs) it's like especially working in this industry It's just frustrating that that's how so much of it operates. And it's just about making a return rather than having anything creative to say. Sure. You don't, (laughs) you don't agree? No, 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 I absolutely agree. But I'm just, yeah, I mean, I just want to stipulate because I I mean, I think I come across as being mean to America quite a lot on these podcasts and I absolutely don't mean to. Like America, I love the film industry in America. I think Hollywood is a business, you know, so it absolutely makes sense. And this kind of format was very big at this particular time. And I don't think it's done as much now. I do think it ran its course a bit of just photocopying films from different countries a year from when they came out. It happens a lot at this point. And yeah, I think that is disappointing, but it is also understandable because the problem is, as always, it's not with Hollywood, it's with the public. If you will not fucking read and you will not take access to international films and you will instead choose to support these films, then they're going to keep making them. And I don't blame Hollywood for that. They're a business mm. and they need to make money so they can make other films. Like they make, you know, Hollywood makes great films, make great films. And the only way they can afford to do that is by making stuff that they know for sure can have that return so they can fund their other projects. I blame the public for not having the curiosity to try something else, you know. Fair. So, yeah. But yeah, it's not horrible. It's not incredible. There's some moments. I don't know if I would have caught on to half of the things that bother me had I not already seen Wreck. Like the ending just doesn't really make any sense, especially if they're making a clear statement by changing the cages to like showing us rat cages. So then it doesn't really go together with seeing the baby in the attic and seeing Tristana. Maybe in the next film, they're going to have a storyline for that and we're gonna learn that tristana had a baby and it was the child of the person doing research and then they got infected but he didn't want to kill them because they're his family so then he kept them like who knows what will happen maybe we'll have answers i'm i worry that we won't like them (laughs) whatever we get next (laughs) week so yeah i given (laughs) that this was essentially the exact same film as rec one i'm anticipating a very similar Wreck 2 for the second remake. Okay. Okay. I'm actually going to go next because I'm intrigued by Alex the, the most because huh. I know my opinions um, and I kind of just want to get through it. I think I've made myself pretty clear. It's like, yeah, I try and separate myself. I think much like Ali, this is, it's fine. Like this is a decently well-made found footage film. If I'd watched this in my found footage days, it's, it's one of the best. It's one of the best American found footage films. It is. The, all of the things that bother me would still bother me in terms of the actors that I know, in terms of the wrong type of acting, in terms of an ending that's just 
bemusingly just all over the place. But to be fair to it, yes, there's a lot that's answered in Rec 2, though it's not answered in Rec. But the, again, the shrug to the elements it's playing with just create, make it, they left me with a feeling in Rec of like, oh shit, there's something else huge going on here that's spooky in a whole different way. And then that's the feeling I end with, which they unfortunately ruin with a rock song. Uh, whereas in this, they don't ruin it with a rock song, but I'm left with, huh? <laughs> and all right, I don't really, I don't care. <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm so apathetic towards this movie that, yeah, literally it's just one of the most boring things I've seen. And that is partly because I've seen Wreck. And I can't divorce it from that. It is disappointing that this stuff gets made, but I understand why it gets made. All I can do is encourage people, give your money to the original films. <laughs> Please, please, please don't finance this kind of just, yeah, tedious. Like, it's just really tedious. It's just like, we need to encourage them to do something different with it. And again, go crazy American with it. Like, have more boobs, have more blood, have more crazy rats running everywhere. Like, just go fucking crazy, stupid American horror with it then and have more camera lenses getting shoved in people's faces. I don't <laughs> mind. Just have fun with it. But this isn't, this isn't that. This is just a photocopy. Not a, it's a decent photocopy, but it's, it pales in comparison to Wreck just because of those marginal little things that make Wreck, in my opinion, special. And that's not to say it's a flawless film, but I do think it's a special film. In terms of what I want next, I do know, whether I've seen it or not, I do know where it's going next. So what I would like to see is something completely different. Again, I don't want to see Wreck 2 again. I've seen Wreck 2. <laughs> Please give me something different. And you will immediately be a better film than this one, even if you're made worse. If I could just see something different. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel that I'm probably going to echo much of what you both said. You know, like Ali said, it was really difficult to detach myself and this film from Wreck and try and watch it as a sort of standalone thing. And perhaps having Bethany watch it with me made that a bit easier because it was like I could bounce off her reactions a bit very frustratedly sometimes because I knew that those choices which were being repeated in the film were more than often played and shot better and acted better in the original. I felt like you as well, Al, right from the beginning, I just felt bored. I felt really bored. Having recognizable actors immediately broke what I love about found footage films in that, you know, that sometimes the nuance comes in the fact that Yes, we don't recognize people, but maybe they're not sort of these polished studio actors. So there can be a little rawness or imperfections in the way they say things, but that makes it real. And that's what makes it enjoyable is you can get swept into that sort of that illusion that you are watching something real. And this right from the get go didn't feel that way. And so, yeah, I just felt very bored with it and frustrated, you know, and to sort of, yeah, going back to you know, Hollywood being a business, I can understand why they would want to cash in on this and maybe why they made the choice at the end to focus it on really just being yeah, this virus outbreak and making it really fit the sort of tropes of a, a zombie film, perhaps. Because at this time, 2008, you know, I think we were still very much heavily into zombie films. Um, I think the Walking Dead TV series was about to start you know, which ended up being the biggest show in America at its at its sort of peak. So I can understand that shift and maybe seeing that. But looking back on these films, you know, that decision just feels tired and uninspired. And the best thing about the rec film, yes, it wasn't perfect, but that flip and having that overlap of what you think is a zombie film paired with a sort of demonic possession, that was cool. That was just really, really interesting. In saying that, if they had copied that, would I 
I would probably still be saying the same thing that it was uninspired and unoriginal. It's it's a really difficult one. I think it's it's like what we said before. If you're going to remake something, bring in something that either twists it slightly or as a director and filmmaker, you know, play with your choices, be bold, like bring new things to the table that make it, you know, stand alone where you can watch both of the films and appreciate and value them. Whereas for me, the whole issue with this is that it's just really uninspired. It's boring and it's an inferior remake. It's like, and pointless in my opinion. It was just like, this didn't need to- It needed demon wangs. It needed demon wangs and we got no demon wangs. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was very disappointed with it, to be honest. It just didn't feel, yeah, it was very, it was very hard for me to detach from the original, you know, and because of that, I just can't, I can't sort of look at this and, and appreciate it for what it is, you know. Yeah, it's maybe a, a decent horror, but it's, it's not, it's not great. And the ending is, is just really confusing and, and silly. So yeah, I, where, where would I like to see this go to? Uh, down the toilet. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. <laughs> no. How could they turn it around? No. For uh, me, man? I, I, it's that's a really tricky one because obviously now you know the element that I really liked was the the overlap of this zombie possession idea, and even mm-hmm. the Spanish films as they went through began to like with each film that idea was sort of like put on the back burner and became abandoned, which for me was really disappointing. Well. I mean, not to spoil number three for people who don't want to, you know, haven't seen it yet, but the actual solution in three is heavily- Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's true. I feel it's only four where they kind of decided to forget about it. Yeah, that's that's true. You're right. And like reflecting on three now, over these last few days leading up to watching this, I'm like- I think three is slowly creeping up higher in my rankings. Like just It's good fun. It really is. It really is a lot it of really fun. Is. Um so I don't know how I would like to see Yeah, in honesty, I would be done seeing these American versions of this film. Just based on where this ended and the idea of this cult and a virus. It's like that that doesn't interest me at all because my fear then is it's just gonna be any run of the mill zombie film beyond this. And I don't really need to see another zombie film. Uh, maybe if we rewound back to 2008, I'd be more encouraged by that. But now I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. But if I have to choose, I know that, so I know that the title's Quarantine Terminal. And in my head, I was like, ooh, airport terminal? So set it in an airport. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I'll watch it if Tom Hanks is in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah. And what's, be- what's bewildering is that, um, because I remember thinking when I, f- first saw this film was like okay they got rid of all the religious things because and in my head it hadn't spent that much time in america i was like i know america is incredibly religious maybe they just didn't like it muddled you know with that kind of mythos and stuff but you look at the films with the biggest returns and i don't just mean horror films i mean any films with the biggest returns it's almost i mean not exclusively but the top ones are horror films about religion Mm -hmm. like it's it fucking it makes the most money it just does. So it's just so weird. I don't understand why they cut it out. And I, 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 it's bewildering. And I can't find any reason online because there's just not many resources about this movie, quite rightly. But yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And like also, you know, in, in America with it, yeah, with its history of religion, it's like persecution of women because of their thinking they're witches and all that. It would have tied in perfectly. <laughs> like, it would have made so yeah. much sense. No, exactly. It would have made so much sense. Exactly. You'd patch this into like autopsy of Jane Doe or something. You could have a great mm. time. 
Uh, which, by the way, I was listening to this great podcast the other day about the feminist sides of Autopsy of Jane Doe, and it's that's a fantastic film. I love it. <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, we're all on roughly the same page, slightly different grades of it. Ali's slightly more forgiving, because mainly because you didn't know most of these actors, I think, <laughs> which to me and Alex just took us right out straight away. <laughs> um, and we're all agreeing that this, in some grade or another, this is fine. It's just whether or not we accept that as an excuse. Yeah. Because... Even like, I remember people being upset with Let Me In, you know, the remake of Let the Right One In. And it's like, because yeah, it's very close, but it looks completely different. Like it's, it has a very different vibe to it. And even though it's a similar, you know, the story's the same, it's not this photocopy. Whereas this is, it's trying to look exactly the same. There's actually, I encourage everyone to go on YouTube. There's a um, comparison video that people have done where they literally have a split screen and you can see the scenes in Wreck and the scenes in Quarantine to show just how fucking similar and it's interesting to watch it and realize what makes the scene in wreck work when it doesn't in quarantine or vice versa mm. if you're so inclined and wrong <laughs> but please do uh email us if you want to you can head on over to weirdgeeks.com to email us or email us just through your own little service provider mail at weirdgeeks.com not the sex but the uh you know postal version or fuck off or is it fuck, fuck you? you which is it fuck you at weirdgeeks.com or you can email us yeah, directly through our website you can also go to all of our social medias where we post very little other than hey here's a new podcast but you know deal with it and you can uh, yeah listen to all of our previous shows of which there are many many like we said at the beginning please do subscribe and rate us if you want to support us in other ways we're about to revamp our website we are tessellate but for now you can go to starfish mixtape which is our first feature film that we have made that is going to be released digitally and there's going to be some other news, but we can't go into details about right now. In the next couple of weeks, we can probably talk about it. But yeah, head over, keep on Starfish Mixtape. You can see a little teaser there. You can see some info and you'll be able to find out where and how you can see our film and support us in that way if you are so inclined. I'm going to tease the next film in a second as we'll let you right at the end. But for now, I'm your host, Al White, Mr. Al White on all the social medias and on the Xbox, Ali. I am on Instagram as Ali Sue. Mm, not the tiny chef show today no i know i <laughs> thought about that and i was like i should probably not not everyone knows that i'm joking and just telling you my favorite instagram you so are. i need to clarify the tiny chef it's revealed. not my account i just love it <laughs> you can find me on instagram and twitter at the tiny chef show <laughs> perfect perfect all right <laughs> that's all i'd say we will be back next friday with quarantine two terminal it'll be the last in this series and then the week after that we're going to the wrap up and then i'll reveal what is happening next we're doing something different that's all i can say we're mixing things up it's not going to be a normal franchise and i'm excited to do something different the only tease that i'm going to give for next week because again i don't know that much about the film unless i have seen it and forgotten it is earlier in this podcast alex was talking about a word which word was it you said a veterinarian or you thought vet yeah vet you thought he might be an army vet but actually it turned out to be a pet vet. Pet vet. And the fun that we can have with words. Alex, it's funny what you said in the lead-in for next week because we are indeed going to a terminal terminal and it is not just a pun on being terminalized and you're going to die. I can <laughs> confirm planes will happen oh. in next week's Quarantine 2 terminal. <laughs> Until then, we are out, geeks! Geeks!